This is sort of on the next topic of what's happening with your favorite snacks. Uh, Our producer, Colin, can't let go yet. Not ready to stop celebrating. K-State's win last night and the strawberry Pop-Tart. And so we were just talking about this during the break as we go squirrel for a second here. Colin is eating a Pop-Tart, a strawberry Pop-Tart, that has not been toasted. Yeah, you're eating right out of the package there. There's huh? no toaster in our kitchen. <laughs> no, there is an oven though. So I'm not putting it in the oven, I'm not putting it in the microwave. Not in the five oh, minute yeah. no. time span that I have at top of the hour news at noon where I get to go to the bathroom and I get to take my break for the day. That's true. Don't yeah. have time. Well, in the microwave would have just made it gross. No, the anyway. microwave is gross. That's not an option. But yeah, yeah, and you do run the risk if you put it in the oven and wait for the next break that it's going to burn while it's in there. Yeah, and so. then the fire department shows up and there's smoke, <laughs> and then oh no, Colin made an oopsie. Yeah, it's it's not a good thing. How is the pop tart though? Uncooked? It's fantastic. That a boy. Pop tarts. I don't believe you. I don't believe that a raw pop tart <laughs> is fantastic. I, I, I appreciate that the option was Pop-Tart or no Pop-Tart. I get it. I'm going to eat this thing, and then I'm going to go <laughs> buy the rest of them out there. And there you go. Be great. I, I'm, I'm guessing it tastes like victory. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, what does that strawberry gel-like stuff on the inside taste like without it being warm and gooey? Get this. It tastes Anything? like strawberry. <laughs> I don't believe that either because this was a lawsuit that it's not actually enough. And what does it say? Does it say strawberry product or does it say actual strawberry on the package? Yeah. It, do, it, did they change the packaging to say strawberry flavored or does it just say strawberry pop tarts? It stuff? just says frosted strawberry. Ooh. Maybe you can sue. Huh? I would never. Not after the <laughs> gem that they gave me last night. Not after Absolutely the victory. Not. Gotcha. I'm impressed that they were only $1.50. I figure. This is something that our company kitchen would charge 10 bucks for. You know, our company kitchen so. has gone through three yeah, one, yeah there were three different iterations, two different changes over the last year or so. And this latest one, I noticed that too. They cut the prices dramatically. Really? So, yeah, wow. uh, good on the front office for making another good deal. Can we deal. talk about the term raw Pop-Tart? <laughs> yeah, because the pastry is cooked. Is, yeah. I think it's correct. I think that's the right way to phrase it. But it just sounds weird to say raw Pop-Tart versus toasted Pop-Tart. Yeah. How about Texter says 20 seconds in the microwave will do it. Ooh, yeah, I would it's not, not toasted. I would not do a pop tart in the microwave. It's I would either sooner, toasted or not at all. Yeah, There's I would no sooner between. eat it the same way you just did. It's not toasted, but at least the the filling is. I need the filling to be warm. <laughs> I don't want filling the filling to be. Yeah, right. There's another lawsuit. I don't want the filling to be gel and cold. I am just a simple man. I will take the <laughs> pop tart as it comes. Colin, you're killing me today, man. That's awesome. Uh, Text lines all over the place. Okay, toasted or not toasted Pop-Tart. If given a choice. or raw. Or raw, excuse me. (laughs) Somebody texted in and said, raw Pop-Tarts are great. So, yeah, I guess. capital letters, too. We'll take take it under advisement there. I'm sure there has been a time in my life where I, again, didn't have access to a toaster and just went, you know what? I'm hungry enough. Let's go do this. But it's been long enough that I don't remember. What's your favorite type of Pop-Tart? Oh. There's so many. It's funny. You know, Katie Camlin, who I follow on Twitter, put that up last night, asking about the favorite flavor of Pop-Tart. There's one that's very obviously the worst. Let's see if this is your favorite. Um, I I would say that the, well, first of all, I am very much a frosted Pop-Tart guy. So, yeah. uh, do they make them unfrosted? Oh, yeah. 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 What's the point of that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's why I don't like them. Um, but I, yeah, I would say it's, it's between frosted strawberry and frosted cherry. I love them both. 
Um, I guess it just, you know, gun to my head, I would say frosted strawberry. Probably by a nose over the cherry ones. What's the worst one? The worst is the brown sugar one. No, that somebody don't just you said dare. is their favorite. No, the brown sugar is good. Brown That's sugar. That's the cinnamon? worst. It's yeah. not my favorite, but it's it's not the best, and it's definitely not the worst. Now are we no, talking? No, it's the worst. What, what are the ones that have? Wasn't there a s'mores the one? The s'mores that had, one is bad. I don't the, like the s'mores one. And that had the brown and white stripes in the frosting, right? Something like See, that. See, I don't do marshmallows, so I'm not doing s'mores anything. No, the brown sugar is good. Okay. No, because it's just filled with brown sugar. You need it to be. F- <laughs> you need something on the inside to offset the doughiness of the rest of it. And sugar, which is all it is, is not enough. So it's, it's not liquidy enough for you. Right. Yeah. It would have to be like a. <laughs> I've really thought about it before, but yeah. Did you eat it raw or, or did you toast it? I t- I don't eat raw pop, pop tarts. <laughs> Um, need them raw. Now, it, it, see, somebody just texted in blueberry is the best. Blueberry is good. That's Jen's I'm favorite. I'm on board with that. Yeah Jen, yeah. Jen is all over the, she will not eat the cherry ones at all, but she loves the blueberry ones. I don't mind them, but I keep them aside for her because I know she likes them. You guys, we forgot about some. Uh-oh. Now I'm on the website for Pop-Tarts. Oh, there's, yeah, there's gonna, a ton. This is going to be, uh, we have frosted banana bread. Ooh, that sounds great. God, about the chocolate one, the chocolate chip on the outside with the chocolate on the inside, that might be the best. Yeah, those are pretty Frosted good. apple cinnamon. I don't think I've had those. That sounds awesome, though. It does. The Daily Mail even... put out an article ranking all of them. There's 21 <laughs> of them. They put the you... frosted banana bread uh, in last. Oh, on their website, the ones that are rated the best are the frosted strawberry, the frosted s'mores. These are not ranked in any particular order. Um, the frosted brown sugar cinnamon. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, there is an ego frosted maple flavor. Again, I, I, want that. I, I would I would give that a ride. I mean, uh, Ego does make a high-quality waffle. So if we're talking about that stuff on the outside with a little filling in it. Now, I, I hate to open up a can of worms here, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway because there is always, if you want to get real fancy with it, your basic toaster strudel. Because now, I mean. Well, that's a whole other hour of the show. If, if you want to get just into what a Pop-Tart could be, what a Pop-Tart aspires to be, it's your Pillsbury toast. Okay, strudel. but did you eat them both, or did you have one or oh, the other? As yeah, a no, you, you can't. I mean, we I, were a Pop Tart family personally oh, growing up. Oh, we I were not a both to- at once. No, we were not a toaster strudel family. Yeah. growing up. Well, toaster strudel. You, I mean, there's more involved in it too. It's not yeah. just wait for the toaster to pop and then you go. You got to put the frosting on and all the other stuff. So I just want to say this website put the frosted confetti cupcake at number three for their. <laughs> Ew. Pop-Tarts yeah. ranking? No. no. I, I don't like the, the cupcake, cake batter, any of that. I think it's the, I think after looking through all of these, and this took a while because there's a snickerdoodle, there's unfrosted versions of many of these, there's wild berry, there's frosted raspberry, there's frosted pumpkin. I think um, the winner for me is the frosted chocolate fudge. Okay. Because it's the chocolate fudge in the middle, and then it's covered with a layer of chocolate. Yep. I think that's where my my heart lies. That's not bad. And yeah, mom, mom had this weird rule about chocolate anything for breakfast, so we could never have no. any of that stuff when we were kids. We weren't even allowed chocolate but cereal. But strudel was okay. Yeah, yeah toaster strudels were fine, <laughs> but because it wasn't chocolate. But uh, like cocoa puffs, no, that's chocolate cereal. We couldn't have that. Uh, cocoa Krispies, no, not allowed. If anybody's wondering why Pop Tart sales in Kansas City are going to surge today, you can blame us. <laughs> and K State, we were saying, and K State, yeah, you're going to go and get 
Oh, you're gonna go get them. Um, what do you do if you don't have a toaster? I think is the is the question. What's the way? Is there an alternative? Can you air fry them? Can you, oh, can you do something else that's with them? a good idea. Yeah, that's not bad at all. I may start right? doing that anyway. Um, but yeah, we, if, if the toaster wasn't working for whatever reason, we would always just use the oven. Took forever. That's got to heat up. Yeah, I know. It's got to preheat. Can you broil them? Just turn the broiler on and just oh, probably. toast them a little bit? Yeah. We, well, we see we had a toaster oven back when that was a thing. We did too. And yeah. uh, so what my sister used to do, her th- not with Pop-Tarts, but she would make a ham and cheese sandwich. And she put the bread with the cheese on one side and the bread with the ham on the other side and then put it on broil. So it only just browned it from the top uh-huh. and then smash that Flip together. The cheese all melty. Oh, man, that was so good. That's smarter than I would think. Of. I would just flip it. I would just put it together and then just flip it so they both get. Yeah, she just didn't like toasty bread. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, man, peanut butter. Peanut butter's not on their website. I didn't know there was peanut butter, but I would be all over that. We are not the first ones to think of the air fried pop tarts. Somebody else has already done it. <laughs> yeah, well, they said it works. So, uh, all right, feel free to keep these coming in. Um, part of the reason we were going to get into this was Business Insider had a story this morning that John picked up on. Giant food companies are ruining your favorite snacks, and they hope you're not noticing, but we are. We'll get to that coming up on KMBZ. Phone number 913-586-7798 as Colin enjoys the victory Pop-Tart, as he called it. Oh, they're gone. Business Insider has the giant food companies are quietly ruining your favorite snacks, and we did notice, even though they think we won't. Yeah, what Business Insider did is a really deep dive into some of the reasons why. And and it's funny because the I love the way they got into this. The author of this article said, I gave up soda a while back and hadn't had one for a period of time and decided, you know, just on a whim, I'm going to give myself a treat. I'm going to have a Coke for the first time in years and popped open the can and gave it a swig and went, uh, you know, this isn't as good as I remember it being and thought, okay, well, maybe taste change after a while. If you're not, you know, slamming sugar into your body, you're not used to it anymore. Maybe it, you know, loses a little bit of something. Maybe it's as we get older, our our taste buds do die off and your your taste change. It's why you eat a lot more um, really like uh, very, uh, I'm trying to think of the word now, flavorful stuff, you know, and uh, mm. in very harsh flavors like mustard and horseradish and things that kids hate that when you get older, you like that stuff because your tastes have changed and started asking friends about it. And they said, no, you're right. It doesn't taste as good as it used to. And by the way, neither does this. And they all had a different this, whatever it was, potato chips, uh, cookies, you know, all these different snack foods that we've been eating forever. And people have noticed over time, they're just not as good as they used to be. Okay. So have you noticed? And if so, what is it? And what have you switched to, or are you just dealing with it? Yeah. Because they they talk about ingredients costing more, and so they're changing ingredients. One of the things they talk about is um, the Wishbone House Italian dressing. They changed, ConAgra changed, um, reduced the fat content by 10%, so less oil, replacing the oil with water and more salt, because that is cheaper than oil. Yes. And, and that's going to taste different. 10% is a lot. Right. And, and what they said was that that's what's driving most of this is it's just cost. I mean, if you want to know why everything went from raw sugar, cane sugar, to uh, high fructose corn syrup, that's why. High fructose corn syrup is cheap. 
And we have so much surplus corn in this country that, that I mean, it's easy to make, it's cheap, and what they're counting on is that you won't notice a difference in taste. And more importantly, a lot of what came up in this article is a difference in texture. One of the ones they called out for that was Ritz crackers, and I will confirm. I mean, they say uh, Ritz crackers, for some inexplicable reason, maybe around five years ago, the crackers went from being nice and firm and dippable to nowadays easily crumbling to bits with even the lightest dip. That was according to one comment that they noticed uh, online. And it's true. I, I mean, that's where I noticed the biggest difference in a bunch of different foods is that now things that used to be dense and crispy are now thin and kind of flimsy. Um, my favorite example of that, and it's still one of my favorite cookies, we've talked about this fairly recently, is Nutter Butters. Uh-huh. Nutter Butters, the cookie part of it, I don't think the peanut butter's changed. If it has, I haven't noticed. But the cookie part of it used to be a nice, hearty, you know, crunchy cookie. And now it's like nothing. It almost tastes like styrofoam. It's funny. So I'm on the Reddit thread for this. This is where Business Insider, one of the places they got this was, and they asked exactly the question, what used to be amazing and now is just garbage, although they used words I can't say on the radio, (laughs) Um, as Reddit is known to do. And a lot of this thread is focused on things with chocolate. Cadbury apparently changed a lot of what they do and use less actual chocolate. Yep. And people are going nuts about it. I will add to that, Cadbury U.S. did that. Okay. The Cadbury chocolate that you get from England still tastes the same as it ever did. Now there's a lot of, yeah, there's somebody's from New Zealand and is talking about a company named Whitaker's that's a lot better, but then they switched to something with Cadbury and now now it's just awful. Mm -hmm. Um, The restaurants are also coming up in here too. Um, Ice cream, talk about um, texture. Several ice cream companies are mentioned Yes, um, as changing. In fact, even in the Business Insider article, it says in 2013, Breyers reduced the amount of dairy fat in its ice cream by enough that it no longer legally qualified as ice cream. Wow. The company had to relabel its products frozen dairy desserts. While it denied changing the recipe for cost reasons, a competitor that made that similar change said it was, in fact, a cut production cost. Breyers is mentioned quite a bit. On this um, Reddit thread, Wendy's is mentioned for the same thing with the with the frosties that they have. Yep. The question I have is, would you rather just pay more? Would you still buy it and pay more for the real thing? Because yep. they think you won't. Right. They think you'll stop buying. And, and one of the more competitive markets, and this is another place that I've noticed it, we'll go to the phones right after this, is uh, breakfast cereal. And I, I don't eat a lot of cereal, but when I do... Uh, I kind of switch it up. I like the nut and berry cereals, you know, the just regular like adult cereal. But I also uh-huh. like a good bowl of you know booberry every 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 time Halloween <laughs> right. rolls around. I gotta have my booberry, and it's it's always the cereal part because the mar- marshmallows. I mean, they're not even real marshmallows, and it's the only kind of marshmallows I'll eat. But um, but the cereal part of it, you chew right through it. Now it doesn't have any density. It doesn't have any crunch to it. And alphabets and and all of the stuff that used to have a real, you know, the stuff that they would put on the commercials. It stays crispy in milk. It used to. Doesn't anymore. Uh, we can go to the phones. What else you got? And we'll, we'll also try to figure out what the problem is. Terry and Gardner's up next with us. Hey, Terry. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing Great good. Show. Great. Thank I, you. Uh, I've, had this, I've had this thought on my mind for a long time. I can't stand it. They Campbell's has changed tomato soup. 
I always make my tomato soup with milk rather than water. Yep. But the taste is not there. It's not even close to being the same tomato soup that it was when I was growing up. And that was our favorite, you know, uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup is a favorite, you know. It's it's perfect, but not the same. Not even close, I don't know. Is it just so, a matter of the flavor not coming through? Because yeah, that's it's what... A, that's it's what... a different... Yeah, I think it's a different tomato. I okay. Think they've changed up their style. Their tomato is different. It's just a tartar, something different about it. It's just... It used to be such a real creamy, nice tomato soup, tomato soup, and it's not. They changed the recipe or changed the tomatoes, and I, yeah, I'm sure they're probably trying different tomatoes to make it more productive or more uh, cost effective. But I don't, I don't know. It's just, and I don't know if anybody else has noticed it or not. But we'll find that's out. One of my things. <laughs> yeah. right. The other, the other thing I can tell you is I was I eat raisin bran, uh, and you know they used to say two scoops a package of raisin bran. <laughs> They must be putting 16 scoops in there anymore because there is so many scoops in the raisin. I think there's more raisins than flakes. Yes, so I'm okay with that. That has changed a tremendously. Well, so, and and anyway. by the way, have you, have you noticed that the flakes are also flimsy and get stale if you look at them funny? Oh, yeah. They, they mush up pretty quick. Yep. They, and, and a lot of your cereals taste almost like wax, like when you're eating a certain right. type of cereal. Like, you know, it has a waxy feel to it. So... And I don't like that either. Like the, you know, like the kicks or something. You know, has a waxy. Yeah. It'll stick to your. Di- it'll stick to your dentures. <laughs> Be careful with that. All right. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, that's it's another thing that came up in the Business Insider article. They talk about a lot of food that the the flavor is either muted or and bland or has that waxy quality to it. Waxy comes up like ten times in this article. Yeah. Yeah, somebody said the Dilly Bar from Dairy Queen. I grew up on oh, Dairy Queen. Oh, no. It was like the thing that was closest to us in terms of ice cream. Yeah. And somebody said, yeah, it's, and it's not like it was um, magical to begin with. It just kind of was, but it wasn't, it was ice milk. I mean, they never lied about that, but that, that even that's gotten worse. Yeah, that's, huh. I, the, the, in the Dilly Bar, I mean, that thing, it's iconic. And that's what you hate to see is when it's the leading product of whatever the manufacturer is that, right. that we're talking about. And their leader, the, the thing that everybody knows them by, goes down in quality, and it just makes you want to throw things. Yeah, if you want to get in here, 913-586-7798. Our fascination with the last meal of death row inmates continues now you have a guy who went through and tried them all. Get to that coming up on KMBZ. Fox News had this next story. Man goes viral for taste testing the last meals of notorious death row inmates. <laughs> and he's a Wash U grad, too. He was a St. Louis guy, apparently. Yeah, Josh Slavin, he's 23 years old and has shared 26 different Instagram reels featuring his recreations and taste tests of death row meal requests. Okay, I want to ask again, as we have talked about this before, what is the obsession in America with the last meal of death row inmates? There are websites dedicated to it. There are TikTok accounts dedicated to it. Now a lot of states don't do it because of the number of people that request the universe and then don't touch a thing. Yes. Now it's just considered to be a waste of money. Why are we so interested in this? I don't know. You're right. It's part of every story. Every time there's an execution, you hear two things. Last words, last meal. It's in yeah. every single story. So I, I don't, I wish I could tell you, 
I, I, and the only thing I can think is maybe it's because most of us don't get the opportunity to choose, and they do. Oh, that's interesting. You know, yes. We never know when our last meal is going to be. Uh, he made some comments about um, because death is something we all experience. Yeah. And so you get to kind of witness witness somebody who knows that it's happening. It's weird to me. Why would he? It's weird to me that he chose to cook almost like he's trying to relive those moments. Yeah. Except for the death. <laughs> yeah, really. We hope he stops short of the, you know, going through with the death chamber thing. But yeah, uh, yeah and, and he chose one. The very first one that he tried was a convicted murderer by the name of Ricky Ray Rector, whom I had never heard of. And he said there was no real rhyme or reason to it. He just saw it and thought that it sounded fairly easy and, and uh, quick to recreate. It was steak, fried chicken, cherry Kool-Aid, and pecan pie. So put all that together and, uh, you know, and went to town on it and just gave his reaction to it. Some of them are really elaborate. And the ones that always fascinate me, and I can remember one in particular in Florida where they, when they were executing somebody about once a week, and uh, they had one guy who just, he ordered the entire menu. I mean, it uh-huh. was 20 different things. And they said he ate the piece of pie and that was it. Yeah. He said his favorite he ranked them. He researches the person, researches the food, tries everything, and then ranks them. He said the number one meal that he made was that of Alton Coleman. Um, serial killer chose to eat, and hang with me for a moment, uh-huh. uh, filet mignon with mushroom gravy, biscuits and gravy, fried chicken, uh, french fries, broccoli with cheese, why? <laughs> Collard greens, onion rings, cornbread, a salad, sweet potato pie, butter pecan ice cream, and cherry cola. That's a meal. Um, In fact, that's several. Yeah, full Southern meal. It was it was fully coordinated. Yeah, it was several meals. Uh, he said, yeah, that was that was his favorite as he shows him cooking it. And it, he also made the point, and I didn't know this, with as much as I've ever read about Ted Bundy, did not know that he refused to choose a last meal. Some do. Some just refuse. Yep. Uh, in 1990, murderer James Edward Smith requested a lump of dirt. For his last meal, <laughs> his request was denied, uh-huh. and he was given yogurt instead. Yeah, when Bundy refused to choose, they gave him steak, hash browns, eggs, toast, juice, and milk. Um, some people submit requests to him asking for specific criminals and asking for him to do this. I'm just looking at the, I mean, he's got a lot of attention for this. Some of these have 150,000 likes on Instagram. That's where he's doing this is on Instagram. Yeah. My computer won't let me click on him. Uh, oh, um, yeah. I, I wish I, I, I could answer that question for you about, you know, why it is that we find this so fascinating. And, and now the prisons themselves have a hand in that because they press release that stuff. Right. And I'm sure it's right. because of requests from the people who are there witnessing, you know, they want to know, oh, did he have a last meal? What was it? Uh, because it gives them something else to put in the story to kind of pad it out and write about. But over time, it's grown its own cult following. Yeah, and it's um, you also find not just that, but and again, blame TikTok for this. There are a lot of places where you can go to learn the last um, the last play by play of the last 24 hours. It's a really popular thing to find on social media is you know, at 24 hours before they do this, here's oh. when they get their last phone call. Yep. Here's what they have for breakfast. Here's what, here's when a preacher comes to meet them. Here's, you know, here's, here's when they go into the chamber, whatever it is. We just have this fascination 
with all of that. And I don't know if it's because they know it's coming, you know, and here's, here is a system that gets to choose how that last and why is it go in that order? And, you know, who do you call for your last phone call? And what do you choose as your last words? And yeah, just the whole ritualization of the process. And it, and it has to be to a certain degree. I mean, I'm sure they would not call it ritual. They would probably call it procedure. Yeah. But that's a fine line of distinction. It is, it's, it's a, and unique ritual unto itself that doesn't exist anywhere else. So other than, other than death row um, there, and there's nothing that you can really compare it to. So it sort of comes off that way that it's this scripted thing that it's like now, like you said, now we have to do this and now we have to, and now we move to this part of the process and then it ends with, and then we kill a guy. Right. It also is strange to me. We give them this big lavish meal and then we kill him. Yeah. yeah. I think that's more to make us feel better about it. I think it is too. And I think that's why they mention it in press releases mm-hmm. is here's this awful, not everybody's going to agree with it. You know, here's this awful thing that the state did to him, but here's the pleasant last moment that he got to have. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, it's also the only ritualized killing that we have legally speaking anyway. Right. So uh, it, it almost seems like we have to make it that way because we're we're trying to bolster the idea that this is about a very cold and 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 I don't mean that in a in a negative sense it's a very cold and calculated way to to punish somebody that you can't take back and right. and so we need to soften it some so allowing somebody to say something allowing them to have that last testament um allowing them to have that last meal it's a concession so that it doesn't seem like we've completely lost our humanity to the process. Yeah. Um, he's got over half a million followers. <laughs> I'm looking up, John, at your screen. Why are there fireworks going off on the screen behind you? It's really funny. On Zoom, all of a sudden, fireworks went off as your background. Oh, I have no idea. I didn't touch anything. Colin, did it's you funny. do that? <laughs> I, I just look up and it's... I was not aware of that. Maybe it's okay. it's just my sparkling personality coming it's, through. I have no funny. idea. Okay, never mind. I just look up. Oh, my gosh. Where did John go? Um, okay, I heard ABC News had a story this morning, and you'll see this every so often, where companies will offer, cruise line companies will offer, like, three-year cruises or go do the world or live on a cruise ship. Here's a warning if you're going to do that, and wow, good for you, to make sure it's legit. The New York Post had a story this morning uh, about a couple, an American couple, who has been stranded in Turkey and could be homeless if they do not get an $80,000 refund for the three-year cruise that they booked and sold everything to make happen because it turned out not to be the real thing oh so they got scammed there was no real planned cruise that oh that's horrible uh life at sea which is um from moray international cruises promised a three-year ultimate bucket list world cruise with pricing starting at ninety thousand dollars for an inside cabin and going up to nine hundred seventy-five thousand for a suite wow When bookings opened in March this year, the team behind the excursion could barely keep up with the demand. The launch date was supposed to be November 1st. There were concerns that the ship 
that was proposed for the trip was not adequately fitted for the journey going over a thousand days, despite a $10 million refurbishment from the company that owned it. Some of this was legit. Uh, there was an itinerary planner that said he was denied access to the engine room uh -huh. and was told by an engineer the ship could not hold enough fuel to cross the Atlantic on schedule. And they essentially they said, you could spend another $10 million fixing the ship. It's still not going to be able to do what it's supposed to do. There were conflicts over how to collect the payments. Then leaders were replaced and it just became this big mess. So this couple um, paid a $5,000 deposit, told that a 25% payment was due by June 7th. They start getting nervous about it. They're hearing things, they start getting nervous, but they're yeah. assured it's gonna leave on time. Um, daily webinars started being hosted about it, so then they start to feel better. On May 31st, uh, the company announced that Life at Sea was not going to set up an escrow account to process payments. <laughs> and the company was protecting passenger deposits using a bond, but the bond was never actually filed. <sighs> Still, this couple sold their apartment to keep up on the payments which had now been changed to a different ship. <clears throat> anyway, by September, the main investor dropped, and this did not happen. Yeah, they were having trouble booking people. They said uh, that by that point, and whether it was a matter of them not being prepared to do what they said they were going to do, or just lack of demand, because you think, if, give, I mean, not many people can give up three years of their lives and a million yeah. bucks. So yeah. uh, they said at the time, uh, back in September, they said at that point, only 111 of the ship's cabins was sold, were sold, but passengers were again assured the trip would sail as planned. Yeah, they, they just couldn't fill the thing up. So now they've got investors dropping out. They've got people canceling. They've got, I mean, the whole thing is falling apart. And yet this one couple that kept the faith ended up getting the shaft for it. Yeah, they were promised refunds over the course of three months. So far, none of those payments have come in. And again, this couple sold absolutely everything to go on to this cruise. And so far, they have not received any money. Uh, they have been living in a hotel in Istanbul, paid for by the company for the last month. I don't know how you make sure. All, all My only suggestion is if you're going to do it, make sure it's a really big company that is known for doing this before make sure it's carnival or norwegian or somebody that's known for having a lot of ships already but yeah. selling everything you own to do something like this i wonder what the the cost difference would be for going on a three-year cruise like they were planning on or just going on six six month long cruises like the refitting cruises and things like that yeah you know, the, the the worldwide tours because I mean, a million dollars, even divided by six, that's still a lot of money. And I don't think those cruises go for that much. This sounds like the, I mean, this is like the fire festival of, of cruises. Right. You know, the whole thing, one little pin started to get loose and then the whole thing just fell apart. And a million dollars is for the suite. Yeah. 90,000 is for the inside cabin. So let's say you do like a balcony room or at least a room that's got, you know, a porthole in it so you can see outside. So let's say you're paying 300 grand for three years I assume all your food's included. I'm comparing it to what it would be to live life sure. for the year versus being on the cruise ship. I mean, your food's included. I assume that there are stops in port. That's all your entertainment. That's all of your internet. That's all your utilities. I mean, that's a deal for most people. I mean, most people for, if you're spending $100,000 a year on, that's a lot of math. 
but it's two people. Yeah, for a for couple. For some people, it's a deal. That's that's a nice lifestyle for a couple for a year. Yeah. And this is a better lifestyle all around the world. Sure. So hopefully they get their money back. And by the way, let me say to that, that uh, if you're going on a cruise and you're thinking, should we spend the extra for an outside room? If you can do that without it hurting, go ahead and do it. But if you do can't. It. I mean, for an inside, the very first cruise I ever took was an inside room. We didn't care. We were never in the room anyway. Yeah. And if you do have the balcony room, you end up spending more time there. Yes. And if you don't, then you just don't. You just end up going, I've done both. And I did the balcony room in Norway because the journey is the destination. Yes. When you're there. We did that in Alaska. Yeah. Same idea. That's where you want to be. Um, so let this be your lesson here. All right. We'll take a break. We'll wrap the hour next on KMBZ. How fast was this one going? <laughs> we don't know, unfortunately, but uh, yeah, this one takes us right to Florida where a guy in Miami Gardens was involved in a police chase that ended with a tad of instant karma. Police were in Miami-Dade County uh, chasing a 20-year-old driver of a black Maserati Ghibli that crashed as it came around a corner. So you've got this guy driving through Miami Gardens in a Maserati. Fly, and they said they were originally going to pull him over for reckless driving and speeding. And uh -huh. and he he ran when the police lights went on. So you've got a marked car chasing him. And he turns a corner to escape that marked car and crashes head on with an unmarked Miami-Dade County police car. Oh, the luck. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, they said when they when they went to pull him out of the car, this will come as a shock. I'm guessing the car wasn't his because uh, they said when they went to pull him out of the car, he had uh, pulled his own handgun, which when he realized the guys in the car that he hit were also cops, he dropped onto the floorboard of the Maserati. And that's when they were able to get him uh, subdued and under arrest. He's facing charges of fleeing and eluding police aggravated battery with great bodily harm, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, boy, another shock, fleeing and eluded, eluding police with car with lights and siren, ag assault on a law enforcement officer, openly carrying a weapon, and reckless driving. So far, no word on car theft. Or DUI. Or DUI, yes. Which is what I was waiting for there. <laughs> um, yeah, can we talk about this guy's tattoo for a moment? The, which one? The one on his neck or the ones all over his face? I was looking at the one on his neck, but you're right. Um, does he have like a beard tattooed yes. in? No, the, the beard's real. It, it's one of those little. Oh, is it? Okay, it looks like it's tattooed in. It's okay. one of those little gruff things that just covers the bottom of his chin. It's not even a goatee. It doesn't go all the way up over the top. It's just coming out of the bottom of his chin. Uh, but then, yeah, it's got the tattoo behind it. Why on the face? Why? Why do you <laughs> tattoo by your eye? I, Why? Well, he's got a heart tattoo by one eye. That's got initials underneath it, and then a teardrop <laughs> under the other eye, and the, it, uh, both of those have some kind of prison prison significance. I've never been yeah. to prison, so I'm not sure what that is. But my favorite part is that the neck tattoo, which is extensive, has the word loyalty across the bottom of his <laughs> bottom of his neck, just above the collarbone. To whom we do not know. Yeah, a life of crime, apparently. But, yes. Um, okay. Did we talk about this festival last year? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I feel like I knew about this already. I feel like 
like I know too much about this, <laughs> but it wasn't surprising to me when this story came up. Yeah, they're not the only ones either, but Belleville, Illinois is the next stop to a place called TR's Place, which is uh, 4901 Concordia Church Road in Belleville, Illinois. I've been to Belleville many times, never been to TR's Place, but uh, they're getting ready for their big shindig. When it comes to year-end traditions, everybody's got theirs, and theirs is the annual testicle festival where lines of people stand outside TR's place waiting for free bull testicles. Deep fried, of course. I mean, how else would you prepare them? Uh, and they, they also say there are games, including a testicle toss, live music and prizes, a shuttle for parking, and, of course, fried bull testicles. Who got to write this story, Monica? <laughs> the Riverfront Times. <laughs> Can you imagine? Here's, here's your assignment. And work in as many euphemisms as you possibly can mm -hmm. for this one. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, they, they talked to Lori Schutzenhofer, who is the, the owner of TR's Place, and she's the one that started this about 15 years ago. And she said there is one thing to note that, I mean, there is a finite number. She said she ordered 150 pounds of bull testicles this year. That's up from 15 pounds the first year they did it. So it's now 10 times bigger. But she says, and I quote, once the bull nuts are gone, they're gone. We won't have any more till next year. Darn, we're out of time to keep talking about this. <laughs> Dang it. Um, I was going to ask you if you had or had them, but I, have I haven't. And don't really have a strong desire. No. All right, we'll take a break. Um, sometime in the next hour, we are going to attempt to do trivia. I've got a bunch of trivia off TikTok. We'll do that coming up here in KMBZ.